Welcome to Perimenopology, where we explore and converse about what it means to transition out of the young, hot, fertile, and fuckable box that our society labels as most worthy when you were socialized as a woman. Around here, we're all about body literacy and talking about the topics that society tells us are unimportant or inappropriate. I'm Michelle Kapler, reproductive acupuncturist, Chinese medicine practitioner, and master feminist confidence coach. And you've got episode 11. Hello, hello, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Perimenopology. Before we get into today's episode, I want to make a quick announcement. This episode is brought to you by my upcoming free webinar called Rethinking Body Image, Diet and Weight Loss in Perimenopause. It's happening January 24th, 2023 at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Zoom, so you can participate in the discussion from the comfort of your own home. During this discussion, I'll be answering questions like, why do many folks gain weight around the perimenopausal transition? Why do we become riddled with panic and anxiety when we think about gaining weight as we move through perimenopause? What does it mean to be quote-unquote healthy? In our culture, why is health universally conflated with having a smaller body? How can we begin to think about it differently so we can develop the confidence to know our own unique and amazing worth and total badassery that has nothing to do with the size of our body? And how do we want to think about all of this on purpose so we can live our best lives? And at the end, I will be offering coaching on this topic for anybody who wants to be coached. I'll get through as many people as possible as time allows. Yes, there will be a replay, but if you want to take advantage of the free coaching or be part of the conversation, you have to attend live. To sign up, you're going to head to michellecapler.com forward slash wait, that's W-E-I-G-H-T, to save your spot today. That's michellecapler.com forward slash wait, and I'll post the link in the show notes so you can click it easily. And if you're listening to this sometime in the future, you can find the replay in the Perimenopause Body Image Confidence Starter Kit. To get free and instant access to this kit, you can head to michellecapler.com forward slash starter or find the link in the show notes. Today, I'm going to talk about rest. It's a new year. New Year's resolutions are a thing for a lot of people. And while I don't typically make New Year's resolutions, I do like to use the milestone of a new calendar year to reflect on the previous year and consider some ideas and approaches I would like to try for the 12 months coming and beyond. When most folks make resolutions, they usually like to instill a new habit or at least try to do so. Kind of like, I'll eat more vegetables with every meal, or I'll go to yoga every Saturday morning, or I'll floss my teeth every day. And this means that they're often adding more to their already full plate, which is 100% fine if you're honest about your reasons and you like them. This year for me, I've decided I want to try getting really good at resting in 2023 giving my nervous system some much-needed downtime to repair and regulate, and actually honoring the breaks that I put on my calendar as opposed to squeezing in one more task on my to-do list, which is totally a habit that I have. And I don't know about you, but when I try to rest and take time off, it actually feels like shit. And I'm going to talk about why that is today. 
Just to say, I originally talked about this topic on my other podcast, the Alcohol Freedom Podcast, where I talk about my journey going from a person who drank a bottle of wine every night to a person who has maybe one to two glasses of wine in a year. If you're interested in checking out that work, I'll put the link in the show notes. Again, it's the Alcohol Freedom Podcast. I love this episode so much, and I still go back and listen to it, so I want to talk about this concept here too. So we're going to talk about rest today. If you're like me, and you're a person on a mission to make things happen in life, it can be a little anxiety-inducing to simply do less. And the truth is that we all intellectually know that we're doing way too much. It's not a mystery that we're overscheduled and we have way too much on our plates. And for my dear perfectionist friends, and yes, I'm one of you, (laughs) there is also this deep desire to do it all perfectly and to not make mistakes and to get it right on the first try and not to be bad at something even though we've never done it before. And so yes, we might be told by our healthcare providers and our people who care about us and the folks that we follow on social that we are stressed the fuck out, especially after these last three years of unpredictability, when we are all just a little bit deficient in resilience, that we need to slow down and take a load off and rest. And I would even say that we intuitively know that we need to give our nervous systems more of a break. And I think that's why so many of us high achieving people are attracted to that 5 p.m. glass or bottle of wine or the snack in the evening, even if we aren't actually hungry or pushing play on the next Netflix show just one more time, even though we know we should sleep. It's that moment of the day that we can kind of count on where we take those first few sips or that initial bite of something delicious or answer that call to watch the next episode or just scrolling on social media. And we feel that bit of relief. And for a bit of time, it can feel like we're resting because we're opening the release hatch of our tension through this massive hit of dopamine in our brain when we do these things. Except as we know, Drinking and eating and Netflixing and scrolling social and online shopping are not resting. Those things are actually a form of escaping, and it actually depletes our nervous system over time. So if we know that we're doing these things at the end of a hard day or hard week and they're not actually resting, these are tools that we use to escape the uncomfortable emotions that we're feeling, stress, anxiety, boredom, overwhelm. If we know it isn't resting, then what does it actually mean to rest? What does it mean to rest in a way that's actually going to result in long-term peace, contentment, rejuvenation, and actually build resilience in our nervous systems? Resting like that, in that way, actually means doing nothing. Resting is not watching Netflix or scrolling social or eating something. Resting is not reading or catching up on work in a semi-horizontal position. Resting isn't doing things for others. And I'll give you an example of what I mean. I often tell myself that my meditation is cooking for my family. And although I do find it relaxing and highly enjoyable, it actually isn't rest for my nervous system or my body. And even sleeping, although it is restful, is not rest in the same way. Sleeping is essential, but even sleep in and of itself can be a form of escaping. Resting is literally doing nothing in terms of the way that I'm defining it today for this episode. My rest in the winter is sitting by the fire 
and looking at it, just staring at my wood stove. I'm not reading. I'm not having a snack. I'm not having a conversation with my husband. I'm just sitting there and being. Those times when we just sit and be, that's what we are missing in our overly productive and overscheduled lives. So I want to take a minute and ask you, when I talk about this, what comes up for you? If you're anything like me, when I first started talking about this, it was probably something along the lines of, oh yeah, that would be great to just sit down and do nothing. And then about two seconds later, when I think about the reality of that little picture in my head, my brain would actually be like, oh, that actually sounds kind of horrible. Because when you sit down, you might feel your body and your brain let go of tension for a moment. But then what happens? You start to get a little twitchy, a little anxious, (laughs) and then the thoughts come. And they sound in my brain like, you've got too much to do to just sit around. You need to do this work task, and you need to plan that thing for the house, and the laundry isn't going to fold itself. And Maybe you can just get out your phone and order that thing that you need from Amazon while you're sitting here and, oh, I need to send an email to myself to talk about this really good podcast topic that just came into my mind. What's wrong with me? I'm supposed to be just sitting here. I'm lazy if I just sit here. And also my to-do list is a million miles long. And then my body just starts buzzing with anxiety and anticipatory stress. And if you're not used to it, resting actually feels awful. When we think about rest conceptually, when we think about it as an idea as opposed to a reality, we probably imagine sitting on a beach somewhere, drinking a glass of something delicious, laying on one of those luxurious beach chairs with a fluffy towel while somebody else watches your kids and your out-of-office email reply is turned on. No one needs anything from you. You feel at peace. You feel comfortable in your body. You can just stare at the ocean and take deep breaths. You can just be. And this is a fantasy. But if we're to put ourselves in that scenario in real life, it actually looks and feels very different. Sitting on a beach chair on a hot sunny day actually feels really torturous for a lot of us. It may feel good for all of five seconds, but then our heart rate picks up and our mind is full of all the things that we could and should be doing because what we're used to doing is self-medicating with unprocessed anxiety and fear and negative emotions with doing stuff. Actually sitting still and taking rest, true rest, means that all of our negative emotions have a chance, an opportunity to come up. And we are so used to buffering over all of these negative feelings with quote-unquote being productive that we don't know how to handle it when we try to rest. For me personally, when I'm in a particularly anxious time, I find that I do a lot of self-soothing with puttering around my house tidying up, cleaning things, folding laundry, organizing the things that actually aren't all that disorganized. And maybe my husband will recognize that I'm a little anxious and he'll decide to take the kids out into the forest for a bit. And when I'm home and they're out, instead of sitting down and resting and experiencing my silent house, 
I begin this puttering thing that I do where I just pick away at my inevitably endless household to-do list that all of us have. Or maybe I'll sit on the couch, but I'll log in and check my work email, even though it's Sunday and nobody actually expects a reply. Or maybe I'll start baking something or cooking something. I'm a bit of a stress baker. Because actually sitting down on the couch and watching the fire feels pretty itchy and twitchy and anxious for me. Because anytime I sit down to just rest, and that's assuming that I don't pick up my phone and start scrolling or putting on a podcast, my brain is actually detoxing. My brain is actually in withdrawal from doing things. Rest is really uncomfortable if you have not built the skill of doing it. Does any of this sound familiar to you? If so, you're not alone. So many people, especially those of us who are socialized as women, have the same reaction to rest. And why is this? There is obviously our individual brain patterns that we've developed by being human in our own individual life and set of circumstances and contexts, but it's also important to consider that we exist in a culture that's built on productivity being rooted in moral value. Rest has to be earned through hard work. Humans are inherently lazy and the rest must be hard-earned. And when I say it like that, it's pretty obviously false, especially in our modern context. And when we combine it with our typical socialization as women, we are taught both explicitly and implicitly that we must always continually be improving ourselves, always taking the next next step, always looking to make things better. And this is combined with this arrival fallacy that one day, if we accomplish enough, if we just do enough, if we get enough gold stars, enough promotions, enough educational rewards, enough followers, make enough money, get the perfect family, that we will all of a sudden cross this magical line and then we can somehow feel entitled to rest and relax. But the problem is that we exist in a world where infinite growth is expected. There is never enough. There is no enough. And this is why it feels absolutely terrible When we try to build intentional rest into our lives, we intellectually know that we need it, but we've always been so conditioned to be doing things, always be producing, always be evolving and enhancing and growing. And there's merit to all of those things if they're chosen deliberately and intentionally, but we also have to choose rest sometimes, even when there is always something that we could be doing. The key to creating restfulness that's actually pleasant, that's actually rejuvenative, and at a bare minimum doesn't feel like torture, is to accept that at first, it won't feel good. At least not at first. And this is going to be like changing any other pattern of habitual behavior. It's just like I talk about when I talk about allowing urges in our bodies when we're working through patterns and habits with alcohol or any other habit that we have. We know that it's going to suck when we don't pour that 5 p.m. glass of wine because we've created this habit and now we're going to do something different. And we just allow it to suck. And the same can be true with building a new habit of rest. When we go into the experience knowing that even if it feels awful to intentionally take rest at first, it doesn't mean that we're doing it wrong. We also know that unless we allow it to suck, we just won't get to a place where it is comfortable 
There is no point that we will someday get to when we will get an email from the universe that says, congratulations, you've now officially done enough of your endless to-do list to be granted permission to take downtime. The truth is that we just have to decide that we've done enough, whatever that means, and that we're going to rest. And we will feel bad when we take that rest. And each time we do that, that new neural pathway that we're paving becomes more and more deeply formed in our brains. And each time we do it, it will feel a little less bad and then a little less bad. And then at some point, it will start to feel more good than bad. And that's how habit change works. We just keep showing up. And I want to say for all my perfectionist listeners who are so near and dear to my heart because I am a recovering perfectionist myself, this is not all or nothing. Don't tell yourself that rest doesn't count because you're not on the beach for a week with no distractions. If all you can do for now is sit on your couch for five minutes and do nothing, that counts. Your nervous system will benefit from resting in that way. You can begin to change the way your brain works with very small actions. You don't even have to give up on doing all of the other stuff you like to do, like scrolling on your phone or putting on the TV. In this case, it's more about adding something rather than telling yourself you can't have or do something. Don't keep yourself from doing this just because you're telling yourself that you have to quote unquote, get it right. There is no right. Just start with a little amount of time that you can fit into your day. Maybe it's five minutes and that's all you have and that's okay. And just rest. Just sit and stare at a wall. Allow your mind to wander and see what comes up. Notice it. We're not going to eat or read or listen to a podcast or have a snack or answer emails on our phone. We're just going to rest. And If you want to feel like you're going to throw up a little bit in your mouth when you think about doing this, then you're right on track. Are you going to try this resting experiment? Come on over to Instagram and let me know how it's going. Or better yet, take a screenshot of this episode and tag me in the post. You never know, this might help somebody who needs to hear this. You can find me at Michelle Kapler on Instagram. That's going to be it for me this week. I'll be back next week with another episode. If you are loving what you're learning in the podcast and you want to take this work to a deeper level, let's work together. If you are a resident of Ontario, Canada, we can work together in a clinical setting, both virtually or in person. Or if you want help managing your mind around the perimenopausal transition and supercharging your self-confidence and body image, I can help you anywhere in the world through coaching. To learn more about your options for working with me, head to michellecapola.com and click on work with me on the overhead menu. I can't wait to talk with you. Thank you.